Okay, hello to all. We are going to be studying today Hilchot Shabbat, Perek Asiri. We're continuing in the description of the 39 Avot Melachot um, that we started speaking about in the 7th chapter. Um, this chapter it starts with the Melachot of Keshira until Seda, tying until hunting. Halacha Aleph. הכושר קשר של הקיימה והוא מעשה אומן היה כרון קשר הגמלים וקשר הספנים וקשרי רסועות מנעל וסנדל שקושרים הרסענים בשעת עשייתן. So, somebody who ties a קשר של קיימה, and in understanding the מלאכת קשירה, we will have to make a distinction between what's called a קשר של קיימה and a קשר שלא של קיימה. A קשר של קיימה is a tie, is a knot, which is meant to be kept amount of time. For, for a while, a relatively long amount of time. A kesher that's not shel kayama is a kesher, is a tie, is a knot that is knotted and is supposed to be and can be unknotted. It's not set to specifically be tied for a long amount of time. Also, we have to understand what a ma'ase umman is. A ma'ase umman is something which... Um, or more, more precisely, a work of a professional. So Harambam starts by saying, so Somebody who does a kayama, not that's supposed to stay for a while, a relatively long time, and a ma'ase umman, and it's a professional style knot, hayab. Does that on Shabbat? He is liable um, for halu Shabbat. Kiron, as, um, for example, gamalin, the tie, the knot, the camel owners would do on the camel's um, noses, the kesher asapanin, and specific knots for um, uh, for um, uh, sailors, the kishrer esu'ot min al-visandal, also um, the knots that would be done to specifically create sandals and shoes, shikosherin arasanin bish'at asiyatan, v'chen kol kesebazeh, any knot that is made to be kept in place, as, a, as we said, kesher shikayama, and that is a ma'ase uman, is a professional knot. Somebody who does the combo of those two is hayab. Abal, but, somebody who does a kesher shilakayama that is not a professional ma'ase uman is patur um, for his thing, as we said, patur in the Shabbat, just to refresh any, anybody who forgot, to refresh their memory. Patur means they are not liable for punishment um, by the Torah, but are liable for punishment by Hachamim, and are not allowed to do this. And any knot that does not have in it, that is not a Kesher Shekema, and not a Ma'ase Uman, as previously explained, is um, allowed to be tied on Shabbat Lechat Kesa. How? What are we talking about? Examples. So, somebody who, um, uh, a, a, not, a rope of sorts got cut for him and he tied it. Um, uh, some sort of a leather, um, uh, you know, um, uh, belt of sorts also got cut and he tied it. Now we're talking about ties that are not um, uh, professional ties, not professional knots, and not onto a bucket for carrying purposes or to stick into a well, or that he tied a leash onto an animal, 
these are peturim. Why? Rambam explains and any of these types of knots because they're not they're unprofessional knots they're not special knots that you need a special expertise to create anybody can make them so they may be but because they don't have both the criteria that I previously mentioned um, the person is only patur um, and any kesher that is not a kesher shel kayama, but um, he it needs needs a, a, requires a special expertise to do. Um, the tire is asur, and by asur it would seem um, that he's talking about the rabbanan. Although this is not one hundred percent clear cut. Usually when he says asur, it's the rabbanan. Halacha gimel. So now he's giving us examples of knots um, that are completely allowed on Shabbat. So a woman may tie her um, robe, um, the knot to tie her robe. Um, there are two knots, so they would have, for example, imagine some sort of a corset that the corset has. A, a, a couple of ties to tie so we'll, we'll example a two knotted corset and you need to tie them and this is what they would wear in the olden days and you need to tie two of them so if you tie one of them and then the other unties it she's going to only need to untie one in order to take it off and then that second one will suppose it will be a supposed nevertheless it's mutar because both of these are um they're they're not strong ties, they're not Keshe Shukayama, and usually most people untie them. They're not meant to stay. And they don't, of course, require any special expertise. Vehute Sebacha. Also, um, the knots on a head covering. Afalpishe Hurafui, even though um, uh, um, uh, even though she's afraid that the um sebacha will come off and she might tie it too um she might uh the hutim of a head covering as i said previously and they're afraid that if now you would think that it's not mutar because um when you put the sebacha these head coverings they would um maybe rip some of the hair or pull out some of the woman's hair with them um nevertheless it's mutar because this is as we previously described in the first chapter um which is mutar also um also not uh shoes shoelaces etc sandals are mutar to tie um when you wear them also um uh um, they would have these special sacks, leather sacks, in which they would have oil, wine. Also, these you're allowed to tie, even if they have two knots, as we previously explained with the woman's haluk. The pots, the cooking pots, had... On their sides, they had rings that you would tie to the ring. You would tie a rope to both rings and pick it up, um, and use you know use the rope or the string 
to, so to speak, hold it as a handle. So also this is mutar, even though um, uh, um, they don't need this knot specifically, or even though that they could take out the meat from the pot without um, undoing the knot, and the knot might stay for a while, it still is mutar. Also, um, now there's a when you when you tie a bucket, you're allowed to tie it with um, di- things that are avnet or mishiha, which are relatively thin strings, but not with a um, uh, a uh, rope because the rope is mukse. We'll see the laws of mukse a little later on. The thick ropes that are used to tie heavy things. Okay, that we'll see later. These things are mukse on. But also animals' legs, so that they don't they don't run away. Um, also, um, uh, um, uh, uh, a a a rope that was tied onto a cow. You could use it um, to tie the cow to. The feeding area of the cow. However, he's not. And now that I forgot to mention, the cow would not always be in inside the person's specific reshut. It might be outside his reshut, and then he would, and then he would maybe carry the hevel, which is asur on Shabbat. So we are. Um, uh, so we are. Um, uh, so if the cow, the, the rope is already tied to this to the cattle, then you're allowed to use the rope to tie the cattle. To the feeding area, um, forgot the word slips my mind. The ebus is where the cow eats. Um, it's hay, um, and and in any rope like that with cattle that you that you're not you're not allowed to take out the rope from your house. You're not allowed to take rope from your house and bring it to tie the cattle. Of course, this is asur. Let me let me rephrase myself. The only asur. To, to, to tie or touch the rope of a cow would be because the rope is mukseh. Um, however, if he has a rope that's not mukseh, it is not asur. All these examples, it's mutar because we're not talking about a knot that's lekayama. We're not talking about a knot that needs a special, that requires a special expertise, and therefore these things are mutarin lechatehila from the get go. And um, uh, Hotalot of Temarim, um, which are, one moment, I will give the precise explanation. <clears throat> yes, so around the date tree, I wish I had a picture here to show on the on the computer. You have uh, some, so, so to speak, like these large leaves that cover it, called the Hotalot Temarim. So also you would have the same thing for um, uh, fig trees so you're allowed to untie these hotalot from the the uh, you would have let me let me explain you would have on these day trees um, right so they would cover let me re-explain. So they would cover the dates in these hotelot in the leaves of the tree. They would cover them. Uh, they would put the dates inside these leaves and have them tied. And you would think, oh, it's a sota untie this on Shabbat. Maybe it's a kishish kaima. 
מותר also whatever fruits you have inside figs or dates. הלכה ד' כל שראוי למאכל בהמה מותר לקשור אותו בשבת לפיכך אם נפסקה רסועת סנדלו בכרמלית נוטל גמי לך הראוי למאכל בהמה וכורך עליו וקושר הגמי. So also anything for animals, בהמות, אוקיי? For you know cows etc. cattle you're allowed to tie with it on Shabbat. So, if some, even a kesher shilakayama, you would think it's a sur, but because it's ra'ui l'ma'achal behemah, you could do a kesher shilakayama, because it's ra'ui, why? Because it's ra'ui l'ma'achal behemah, it is wet, it is lah, it is something that, um, that, um, uh, does not stay hard for a while, and nevertheless, and therefore, even if you make a kesher shilakayama with it, the kesher shilakayama will not, uh, hold for too long, it'll, uh, become ruined, as the food rots. Um, so if somebody is walking in the street and his, son, his shoe gets ripped and he needs to tie it, his sandal gets ripped and he needs to tie it, he may with these um, things. Also, if somebody's sandal, which, had, which was tied in a certain way, the sandals in those days were obviously as I as was clear from previous my previous uh, description, were tied with like a rope. So if the rope got untied um, and you wanted to put them back in their place without tying any special knot, you want to, so to speak, get them, keep them stable so that you can walk, um, you may as long as you don't tie. Halakhahe, ha'aniba muteret. לפי שאינה מתחלפת בקשירה. לפיכך, החבל שנפסק מקבץ שני כסותיו וכורך עליו משיכה ועונב עניבה. So, in עניבה, which is a type of knot, which is what we would call in, uh, in English a bow, a bow tie, a bow knot, um, is allowed because it is not a tie that is um, substantial and cannot be switched, it cannot be substituted for a real knot. It is a some very, very flimsy knot that could be undone, and therefore somebody who um, his rope got untied, he may connect the two um, sides of the rope um, with a mishiha and um, uh, and um, uh, with, with a out with another rope and tie an, uh, a bow around it to make it... Um, uh, to make it you to uh, fix the tied rope, the untied rope. Halachavav. Mutalik shor kesher she'eno shelekayama ledvara misva kiron shikshor lemdod ra nimat kinor shenifseka kosheri notah b'midash avlo b'medina avlo ikshen nimalech atahila afilu b'midash. So, um, uh, any you're allowed to also tie any kesher that's not lekayama um, for a devar misva. For instance, um, uh, you know you. you you take, uh, you need to measure, make a measurement with some sort of string, and you want to make a tie to, a, to a, you know, you want to tie it to one spot so that you can measure till another spot. It's mutar for a divan misvah, it's to make some sort of a measurement of divreto, of shi'uret, of the Torah, the measurements of the halakha. Um, also, a, um, uh, also a, um, uh, a, a kinor, a, um, violin that one of its um uh, a one of its um strings got cut or got ripped in beta mikdash you're allowed to tie it um uh because uh you're allowed to tie it only in beta mikdash 
because then Shebut Bamikdash, there's the law we will see later on in these laws. Um, however, um, out of Bet Hamikdash or out of Yerushalayim, it is um, uh, not mutar. Sorry, out of Bet Hamikdash, it is not mutar. Um, however, um, so any kesher that we said that you are liable, your hayav for tying it, you're also hayav for untying it, for undoing it, that you're not hayav for tying, also undoing it, uh, that you're patur for tying, patur of asur, of course, rabanan asur, you're also patur. Um, for untying it. In any knot that we said you're allowed to untie, you're allowed to tie, you're also allowed to untie the khatihila. So now we're talking about a tolada of melechat kashira, in which somebody takes a, a type, any type of thin, thin strings and rolls them together to create a larger string. So if you look at any um, strings, you'll see that in many, in many cases, ropes, you could see this very visible in, in thick ropes, and um, could be seen in gymnasiums, etc. Um, you see that they're made out of actually a few, a few thinner ropes. So to do this, to create a thicker rope with a set of thinner ropes is a tolada of keshira and is not mutar, it's hayav. And the minimum um, shi'ur of this melacha that it stays, that it sticks, that the melacha you did sticks and does not get undone, that the, not the um, connecting of these ropes together, the forming of these ropes um, stays and doesn't get undone. Also, somebody who undoes a rope, who takes a rope that's connected, that, that's made out of a few strings and undoes it, out the inner strings of it, um, is also hayav. Um, and this is, of course, in condition that he did not do this as, for the purpose of kilkul, for the purpose of just random, pointless um, destruction. So, and um, the undoing of it is how much um, to be liable for undoing they would be liable for connecting the strings together sewing so somebody who sews two sews and I'll say in a second what that is is haya so two sews is the sticking in, you have two, okay, let me take back a step. You have two cloths, one on top of the other, and you want to connect these two cloths, okay? So imagine a lar in, in your mind, a big cloth. Of course, this applies also to very small cloths, to any ripped, ripped garments that need to be paired. So you have these two cloths, one on top of the other, and you stick the needle in one time. Is what we call tefira ahat. And then you stick the needle in a second time, that is already tefira shenia, and you're hayav. However, this is only in, in condition that he tied the um uh, the the string that he was sewing with um in a manner 
which will allow the sew to stay and not will be and won't be some sort of flimsy sew that'll immediately come out. However, if he did not tie the string after sewing and did three sews, even if he did not tie, he is hayab. Uh, sew is a stable one. Also, somebody who does what's called mitihat hutatafira, um, they would in those days they would take the the sewing string they would um pu- uh they would pull on it they try to make it thin and usable unknot it make sure it's all um uh, fine and usable this is a suran shabbat because it's misochet tefira it's things that are needed to do the tefira kiriya halachayot hakoreya kedalit porshet tefirot al menatit porshet tefirot hayab so somebody who does a rip who rips in order to sew two sews two times is hayab. Ever somebody who does kiri'ah just as like a mekalkel, just to destroy, to ruin, is patura. Also somebody who makes, who rips, um, does kiri'ah either because he lost the loved one is liable to do kiriyah, of course it was in Yom Hall, or um, he's doing it to, out of anger, he is hayav, because he is me'ashevet ha'yeser arashelo, he is um, causing um, um, uh, restfulness to his yeser ara, and and this is like and therefore he is hayav. Hayab, also somebody um, uh, who in a new cloth which has some sort of flimsy knots on it to to, to um, this is this was seen this was said in Tishrav Rabbi Abraham ben Arabam explaining Salakha they used to have in those days um, in the days of the Talmud etc and until modern time in the, in, in new garments they would have some sort of sew going through it to symbolize to show that it's a new garment and you would take this string out this thread out um, once you use the garment nowadays, that is, um, we have that in clothing tags, etc. Maybe the law would be a little different to the clothing tag, but nevertheless, they would have some sort of string in the garment, and you'd rip it out. So this is also asur on Shabbat and hayav. Halachayod Aleph. Hamedabek niyarot orot bekolan shel asoferim vechayosebo harizet oledet tofer vechayav. Somebody who has papers and he wants to stick them together. So they used to have a special dough, a glue, a, a, so to speak, gluey type of dough. A, a dough that was made as glue to stick together um, uh, papers or fix books. And this, um, and somebody who uses this to connect two pieces of paper or something or, or something like that is Haya. Also, somebody who undoes these papers that are stuck one to another and was not doing this for the purpose of kilkul, any building is hayab. And we will see soon what the definition of building is. Somebody who um, 
straightens, flattens the ground, the earth in a house um, is um, either adding more dirt to a certain area or taking away to flatten is hayab. Explain that in those days, the houses did not have tiles like in modern day houses, um, but rather they had earth. And a lot of times it was common practice to flatten the area to make it more stable and more homely. So this is all bone and it's hayav. Echad natanet ha'eben ve'echad natanet ha'tit ha'notanet ha'tit hayav. Who was building a wall. And just some, one person puts a stone, a brick, to build a wall. And another person puts the cement. We have a wall. We have a, you know, the beginning of the fundaments of a wall. So this is also hayav. And also, if somebody on the highest most part of, the, of a wall um, puts a brick um, on top of cemented, the highest cemented part of the wall, you put another brick, another row of bricks, um, this is hayab, even if you did not put cement on top of the bricks. Why? Let me explain. For the wall, you need to put you have two stages. The first stage is putting a brick, and the second stage is putting cement on the brick so that you can put another brick on top of that brick. So the highest point of the wall, you wouldn't need to put the cement. So if you did that, you're hayav for bonnet. In any event, I'll explain bonnet is in, in which you are, um, which you connect two pieces together, connect two objects together. And this is a very rough description of what bonnet is. Um, we take two um, things and, and 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 transform it into something else, um, like in the description. So you take stones and connect them together. You make a wall. You take um, uh, even in a even in a uh, you know little you know these toys that you have to take out of the box and, and build them to, in order to get the toy out. In order to have the toy, this would also be considered some sort of type of bonnet. I'm not making Pesach Alakha here. Um, ever somebody does binyan al-gabe kelim is patur, somebody who builds some sort of wall on top of, um, you know, dishes or, or on top of clothing or, or, or some sort of, you know, um, uh, you know, things that aren't done, things that aren't commonly built on top of, um, this is Patur. So somebody who builds a tent that is meant to stay for a while, this is also Toled Bone and Hayav, or somebody that Kele Adama um instruments of the ground, such as a Oven in those days, you would, excuse me, you would have to. Um, we're talking kele adama is a clay, um, uh, clay things like a tanur or a havid, like an oven or a um, a barrel. Um, you know, just just by taking the clay and molding it, your hayab, even if you didn't stick into the oven to finish it to make the final product. Also, somebody who takes the cheese and um. In those days, you would take the milk and you would stick a certain uh, chemical in it called Rene, 
found inside the stomachs of kosher behemot, of kosher cattle, um, and then the milk would split from the water of the milk, or for the, the liquids would split, and you would take away the white, the cheese that comes out of it, and you would, so to speak, take a piece, take the pieces and connect them together in order to have uh, you know, a block of cheese. And this is toledet bone and it's hayat. The minimum is of this is a gerogeret. A gerogeret is a little date. Also, um, a, um, if you take a, um, an axe, which is um, the head of the axe is split from the bottom of the axe and you connect them, this is also toledet bone. Any connection of two. Um, uh, counterpart pieces which need to be um, lodged one into another um, is Torah the Bonet and is Hayab. Halakha Yodalet. Ta'oseh nekev kol shehu belul shel tarad negolim kedeshi ikanes lahem ha'or Hayab mishum Bonet. So, somebody in a chicken coop makes a hole in the wood of the chicken coop in order to allow light to spill into the chicken coop is Torah the Bonet and Hayab. Why? Because this Chicken coop, which is a, a, an alleged keli, by making the hole, you're adding to it. Um, you're not taking away from it. Also, um, uh, somebody who um, uh, who in those days they would have a you know like a basement of sorts outside in the, an outhouse in the ground, much like the um, stores. Um, what do you call it? Uh, um, tornado shelters, which you see in the Midwest or you know Arkansas, whatever Kansas. Um, so they would have these in the ground, and their cover wouldn't be a door like you would think, but rather it'd be like a, a a piece that you put on top of it to close it, to to seal it. And this piece, this whatever plank of wood or metal that you would put that you would put on top of it, when you put this on top, it's you're sticking it in, you're sticking it back in the place as a um, a set stable um. Uh, um, so any um, ruining of a building or something that was built is hayab. And this is only in the condition that he did this in order to build in its place. However, if he destroyed something just because it's patur, as we said, like in Mekal Kelim. Also, somebody who takes down a, a, a tent that was made for Kebi'ut or um, um, took a, you know, undid a uh, undid uh, wood that was stuck into its counterpart piece inside, inside the a hole of sorts um, to, to, to create some sort of structure. This is also Soter Vehayab. Of course, um, he's Hayab only if it's in order to do tikkun, to make something better, or to cause some positive action, and not if he's doing it just for kilkul. Halachat etzayim. Hamakeh bepatish. There's a very interesting melacha. A lot of nefkamin notes in modern days context. Um, I'll just be giving here quote that Harambam explains, um, but it's definitely good to pay attention here, and if anybody wants to do more ayun, um, in these, in these couple of halachot, it would be very helpful before entering the modern-day context of what Makkeh Patish is and whatever modern-day halakha book you're using for halakha le um, this definitely adds a lot.
to understanding the subject. So, in those days, they would have, in the Mishkan, I mean, we said all the Lamitet Melachot were derived in the Mishkan, and at least I hope that was said in the previous classes, which were not given by me. Um, so, you would have a piece of metal, and you would give it, and in order to flatten the metal, they would take a hammer, and they would hit it in order to flatten this. The word in English for this, I cannot remember the word. So anybody who does something like this is Hayah. Any last action of a product which finishes its action, which finishes it, which causes it to be ready. Okay, this is Toledit Patisha is Hayah. So I'll give an example. Somebody has clay. Uh no. Uh, somebody has um a um uh, a wooden box and this wooden box in order to be ready needs to um, go through a last molding or a last shellacking of sorts to seal it so this would be Makeba Patish this isn't the ideal example that I would give this is the example that's coming to mind um, there are many better idea better examples Kesa, Adam Bam here, giving the examples himself. So somebody who um, when they would have melted glass, they would blow into it through, through a special instrument to, to give it its shape. That is Makeba Patish. Or um, uh, shaping things with a mold, sticking metal of sorts into a mold, etc. Um, also, makeve patish. Even if you're sticking into a small mold, nothing, you know, not not a not a very large mold. This is also part of makeve patish. Or if you don't stick it fully into the mold, vemigarid kol shehu. Also, um, this is this goes back to the wood. Um, you peel off the outer layer of the wood in order to smoothen it and finish the product that way. Um, or somebody makes a, a hole of sorts inside wood or in, in a building to make it better to finish the product. These are all toledem makeb patish and hayyah. Any petah, any entrance or hole that is not made to stick things in and out of it, you're not hayav on its making. So in those days, the medical um, practice would be that if you have a blister, okay, any type of boil or blister, shahin, um, so we were talking about some something small, like the small blisters that we have, that most people see, um, you know, just from getting a little burn, or something larger, like a boil, um, don't um, wish for anybody to have that. Um, so they would make a small hole, and in order to um, uh, to clean the area, to keep it open, to open it in order that the liquids themselves ooze out. So this is Asurazim Akeva Patish, because this is a something which requires a special expertise to do. However, if you popped in order to take out the liquids yourself, to squeeze out the liquids, um, it's mutar. Just um, the difference here is that in the first one, you make the hole. In, you make the hole in order, you, you try to make a larger hole, you try to make some sort of escape for the liquids, that's 
the second one is you're making the hole and you're pulling out the liquids. Um, um, uh, um, uh, and you're not trying to make the hole big. You're not trying to make a, a, a opening, like a surgical opening, but rather you try, you have a small hole that you just want the liquids to come out of. So the medical uh, stylist would be making a large opening to take out all the liquids and clean the area thoroughly. Uh, the, the less professional way of doing this, we'd make a small hole and then the liquids, you would squeeze them out. So, and, oh, and if the hole were to get big, so if you, while you're doing this, the hole becomes big, it's mutar because it's not saying that has to necessarily happen when you're making the small hole. The big hole doesn't necessarily have to um, be open and therefore it's not, okay, but it's mutar, it's mitkaven. So, um, flattening or, with, you know, um, Goodness to any type of stone is Hayam Shuma Kempatish, Hamasadeta Ebn Bisoda Binyan with Kenabi Adove, Hoshiba, the Makoma Ula, Hayav, um, Mishum, Make, the Patish. So, also, um, uh, fixing a stone into its area, we're talking about in a, a building, you have a building and you, you stick in its, uh, and you, um, uh, you're moving the, the, um, uh, the stone to put it onto. The Yesoda Binyan, the base of the building, in order to strengthen some sort of building. And we're not talking about some law, even a large building, we're talking about any structure. Um, this is Makebe Patish. bullet, and it's not bone. You would think it's bone, but these are, we're talking about as the last ones being stuck into the structure. So this is more like Makebe Patish, and therefore it's Hayamishu Makebe Patish. Alokahia bullet, Chala Begadim Beado. Um, new clothing often have. Um, uh, you know, little linen pieces of linen or cloth that are, you know, little like dust bunny style pieces of linen or cloth that are on the clothing. So you, if you take them out with your hand, this is Hayamishu Makebe Patish because this is the finishing, the completion of the Melacha. And this is only if it matters to him, if it means, if it, it's a meaningful action to him. However, if he does it just like as Mekalkel, just like all the Mekalkelim. So in those days, if you got a new garment, a lot of times the darker garments, you would have to, um, you would, it would have some sort of, um, it would have some material on it that you would want to get off it. Um, and this material, if you take it off, there's makeba patisha, unless you're just doing it as mekalkel. Um, Anything that is a hunted thing that needs to be hunted, you are hayav for hunting it. For example, hayav like birds, fish, and um, animals, and you know behemot, and cattle, etc. And this is as long as he hunts them into a situation in which they do not need to be hunted anymore. And by hunting. I mean the capturing of. I don't mean hunting in the sense of shooting it with a bullet, um, as may be in, inferred or implied from the word hunting. I'm talking about capturing. So you know what? I'll even use the word capture from now on. Kesa. How? So somebody to, um, was running after a um, uh, deer in and locked it in the house. So now he's, it's in a small house in a small confined space, which you don't need to, any more capturing of it. Or you st um, did the same with the chicken into a the chicken coop, um, the, cabin, the, the very small area, which 
that's it, the chicken is captured in, or the bird. Or that he pulled up a, a fish into a cup, into a small object. How does it hayav? Why? All these are hayavim because these are the f- small areas of ca- these are. This is a um, what I'll call a good t- type of capturing, the cap type of capturing, which does not require any more capturing, any more sidiya after it. However, if he stuck a bird into the house and locked the house, so now it's in a house in a relatively large space, you still need to do more capturing in order to get it. Or if he caused the fish to enter a larger pool of water. Or that he ran after a deer and caused it to go into a large um, plain um, and locked the area so that the deer can't come out. It's still, he still has to do more capturing in all these situations, and therefore he's patur Because this is not This is not complete, a complete um, capturing. Because if he comes to, if he wants to now retrieve these animals and get them to eat them or whatever, he would still need to um, do some sort of capturing action in order to take them. And therefore, somebody who's um, hunting a lion, I don't know why, um, um, he would not be for until the lion is stuck into the place, into the smallest confine in which you would have it is the kipav the ari, a very small area in which the, the the lion would be stuck in, and that would be its final destination after hunting. Any place in which it would take you an instant, an instantaneous leap in order to get the animal, right? or um, the walls were so close that their shadows would would fall one on another. This is considered what we consider a small place in regard to the melacha of Sidiya. And if you caused an animal, a sebi, a larger animal to enter this, you're hayaf. And any larger, something larger than this, um, sticking an animal into it, causing an animal to be captured into this type of confine is not hayav, it's patur. Any sheres, so we, um, in, in Perek Hayat, we spoke about the sherasim, we mentioned them, there's this sherasim mentioned in, in the Sefer Vaikra, the Koach, the Leta'a, um, uh, one second, Mahila, we're talking about the, the Koach, the Leta'a, all these and any other any other um, creatures that are non-kosher creatures that crawl on their hinds um, and are not kosher etc um, um, they also have um, um, you're also haya for the siddha of them even if you Capture them just to play with them. Because you wanted to capture and you capture them. Because as we said, even if you capture just to play with it, oh, I don't, I don't want to capture it. I don't want to be captured. I just want to play with it. You still hayav. Also, somebody who captures a sleeping or blind animal is hayav. 
המשלח כלבים כדי שיסודו סביהם וענבים וכיוצא בהן, וברח הסבי מפני הכלב, והיה ראוד רדוף אחר הסבי, או שעמד בפניו והביא לו עד שהגיע הכלב ותפס, הרי זה תולד את הסעד וחייו. Somebody who uses an animal, another animal to help him capture a deer or etc. Like uses a dog to run after the deer and then he catches the deer in a strategic manner, he's חייו. וכן עושה כדרך זו בעופות, also something to this regard, in this, in this manner to, to birds. הלכה כ"ג, סבי שנכנס לבית ונעל אחד בפניו חייו, נעלו שיניים פתולים. So a deer which entered a house and one person locked it, locked the door, חייו. נעלו שיניים פתולים. However, if two people locked the door, um, closed the door or caused the entrance to be locked, they are פתולים. ואין אחד יכול לנעול ונעלו שיניים, ואם אין אחד יכול לנעול, they are פתולים. However, if, if אין אחד יכול לנעול ונעלו שיניים חייבים. However, if, when these two people are sitting at the entrance, causing the entrance to be closed, neither of them could do it alone, the entrance to be closed alone however together they cause the entrance to be a sealed entrance because um this is what we in Perek Aleph we spoke about this if it's a melacha that could be done only by the two people together then it's considered a melacha for both of them um, let me take let me just rephrase myself we're talking about the closing of the door not the sitting in front of I mixed the cases the case which we're speaking about which we spoke about previously was the case in which one person cannot close the door alone If he could close it alone, he's hayav. If they both close it and they could both do it themselves, they're peturin. If they can't do it together, the closing of the door, because for instance, the barn door was a heavy door, then they are um, uh, both hayavim for sedia, if it was something they could only do together. Now we're in the case of the sitting. Somebody who sits on the entrance to a house which has a deer inside it and did not fill up the entrance. And the second person sat and filled up the entrance. The second person is Hayab. So if somebody sat in the entrance to, to some sort of barn or house in which a deer was captured and he causes the closing of the door, he's the capturing Melacha. Um, and then somebody else comes and sits next to him. And this and doesn't really cause anything. It doesn't do anything. The first person is the one who closed it. And the first person gets up. Now the second person is sitting there. Even if the first person gets up, the second person didn't do anything because he's just sitting in a place that was already a captured spot. Uh, he was sitting in, in the entrance, which was already covered. And he may sit in this place till the night and take the sevi if he so pleases. What is this like? It's like somebody who sits down, to, he, he locks his house, and he didn't know there was a deer in his house, and he finds a deer and it's there. Somebody who a bird enters his clothing, enters his garments, um, he may protect it there till um, the evening and take the bird to do whatever he wants with it. Because he didn't do the act of Melacha himself. You would think it's Asur for him to keep the bird because it's like Sidiya, but what happened happened, and therefore it's Mutar. Somebody who captures a sick or old deer does not require some special expertise to capture, does not require any special, um, you know, leaping or running after a capture. Patur. Also taking an animal out of a patur. Also somebody who captures animals that are already in his reshut, that are already under his, um, in his, conf, uh, you know, in his, um, uh, 
his property. Um, but what we mean by in his property, we're talking about they're already in their confined, confound space or wherever he has them in the chicken coop and they don't require some special um, um, capturing. Therefore, he's patur because he's not running after them. He doesn't have to do any special action to catch them. Also, somebody who hunts anything, who captures anything that does not have, that its type, its species is not a capturable, huntable species, not a usually hunted species, also he's patur. Um, so, like snakes and, and uh, scorpions, even if they do not kill, even if they're not murder, murderous animals, because they sting and they bite and they cause harm, um, they may be hunted on Shabbat, and this is only if his kavana is to be saved from their bite. Um, how does he do? What does he do? He could tie them or um, put a keli on top of them, put some sort of, um, cover them with something in order that they do not cause harm to him, um, physical pain on Shabbat. We'll see in the next chapter, if I'm not mistaken, a something else in the same thing about the Hamisha Mizikin, about five animals, animals that do cause death for sure. These animals are in a different category altogether. Um, Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.